The Beauty of Reality A Tale of Life Without Love Goggles Once upon a time, there were two people who found each other. The moon was high, the sky was chilled, and the atmosphere was sweaty. They were magically, inexplicably drawn to one another, despite not knowing anything about each other. After breathing in the same air, leaning in closer, and realizing that they were both human beings. They kissed, and they knew that they were going to be in love forever. Or were they? Perfect. What now? What now? What even was that? <laughs> it was it was the start to our Disney Disney story that we're about to share with everyone. Oh, okay, <laughs> that was truly special. Welcome back, everybody. We're so happy to have you guys here again, listening in. For those of you that have been following our episodes to date, so we are here again today. Firstly, my name is Alyssa, and I am Ken. And our podcast is about the problems and issues that school never prepared us for and how we go about dealing with them. And what are we talking about today, Alyssa? Today we are talking about relationships. We want to talk about our observations, frustrations and feelings regarding the romanticization of relationships in this day and age. We don't want to talk about our own experiences <laughs> regarding relationships. Do we even have any? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're not here to bash on relationships or those in successful relationships. And by no means are we relationship experts, but we want the best out of everyone's relationships, including the most important one, which is with yourself. And we are also not here to add to the number of divorce rates. We are not here <laughs> to try and incite mass breakups. We are just here to voice a lot of the problems that we have heard, witnessed and seen in relationships and offer our two cents on the matter ourselves. For the purposes of our discussion on relationships, we've decided to look at it in three areas. The first is the idea of true love as taught by Disney and how that has created misconceptions about what love is and what even a relationship is supposed to look like. The second part is looking at how relationships unfold and whether or not we actually are even in love with our significant other. And the third part is looking at the ingredients necessary in order for a relationship to go the long haul and to thrive in this day and age. But because time is short and we have a lot to discuss, we're going to kick off straight away by introducing our guest speaker. Okay, so I'm so excited to introduce you to Juan. He is one of my best friends here in Spain and I thought it would be a great idea to bring him on today to get his insight into relationship, the honeymoon periods, some of his experiences and what really the true meaning of love is. Hello, nice to talk to you guys. Nice to talk to you too, Juan. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> So, well, I'm nothing of an expert when it comes to relationships. Maybe uh, it's not luck, maybe it's because we were all taught a lot of advice. But yeah, basically, I'm 28. I studied biotechnology and, well, became an English teacher because science sucks. And yeah, that's pretty much my life right now. Uh, I'm single. 
and yeah maybe that will change maybe not but i'm fine with that so you <laughs> now um flirt with people in five different languages is that correct exactly yeah yeah i'm something of a language freak yeah can i ask one <clears throat> i personally love being single every now and then how do you feel about being single i actually like it i mean it's true that sometimes it, it gets lonely but it's not bad lonely i think uh, in a way, you get to know yourself better and you know exactly what you want and what you don't want. The thing is, you know, as, as years go by, you get more and more picky, perhaps, because, mm. like, you know better yeah. what you definitely do not want. The more inexperienced you are, the more likely it is that you will accept things or you will settle for things that perhaps will not make you happy in the long run and you will find that out later. Whereas from the right now from the beginning you see like no that will not do not for me and yeah. thank you not next. for me so let's now proceed to the next phase of this discussion chapter one a relationship as old as time the excitement of the relationship bubbled and swelled around their minds all they could think of was each other and the thought of being separated was unbearable it was like no one else in their lives mattered but them they wanted to be with one another for every moment of their lives and to mean a second apart would spell doom for the image of perfection that they had created around them. This truly was the best thing that had ever happened to them in their otherwise boring lives. Two people meet and they fall magically in love. Let's talk all about that. Growing up, we were fed, or at least I was fed, a ridiculous amount of love stories from rom-coms, like Love Actually, to mm -hmm, yeah. books, to trashy romance novels, to Disney movies that created this idea of a beautiful woman and a beautiful man coming together and being happily ever after, and that was the end. How do you feel about that? Well, actually, I mean, of course, from my experience, I'm a gay guy. So when I, when I was a kid, I was in love with Disney movies. I think I watched them all. I, I just, I grew up with this idea that, you know, I would find a woman who is equally beautiful and it would be effortless and everything would be great. But spoiler alert, when I turned 13, <laughs> I was like, mm, this is not how it works. So yeah, uh, so it was a bit frustrating. Suddenly life was or had nothing to do with how I imagined it would be. So yeah, it got, it got me quite some time to figure out how things work. They are different so, for us. Yeah, yeah, very different. But yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, I, I was totally in love with this really corny Disney movies like uh, Sleeping Beauty or Snow White or Cinderella, like the really classic ones. And of course you don't realize it because like when you're a child and you see that, you do not judge it, you just accept it. You just take it as it is. And you see, just as you described, a beautiful woman who has a lot of problems in her life and suddenly a shining knight comes along and saves her. And then her life is saved and fixed, and that's great. But when you try to analyze it a bit more, they do not know each other, do they? I mean. No. They don't. It's incredible that they do not have any proper conversation ever. <laughs> they just have a brief encounter, they fall in love, then they realize, oh shit, so you have an evil stepmother or something like that. And okay, so I will kill her for you. 
and that's it. So, and then happily ever after, but that's where the film ends. There is no explanation <laughs> as for how their life continues. They hate each other five minutes afterwards. No, we're under the expectation that they'll be happy with, them, with mm-hmm. themselves for the rest of their days because no problems will ever come back. There was, there was a few um, characters I wanted to discuss briefly, like Sleeping Beauty, for example. You know, she, the Red Fairy's gift to Sleeping Beauty is her beauty. Mm-hmm. So, so that's also another thing that we're taught, you know, this... The, the gift of beauty is the most precious thing on earth. Like your beauty is the most, you know, um, pri- prized possession. Why not the gift of creativity or intelligence? <laughs> like, mm. and, and, and what about, what about, you know, the fact that some of these princesses were so young, like literally 16 years old, like what's the mm-hmm. deal? What's literally, what's the deal with that? So Sleeping Beauty was 16. She was, she was expected to marry print the prince in his twenties. It also happened to Snow White and then Ariel, the little mermaid, you know, she was actually a child when she married Eric at at 16 and her family were essentially happy to leave her with a man that she's known for three days and given up her body and her voice to a man that she doesn't even know. And a demon octopus lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like what's with that, right? Yeah. Because that's what you do for true love. You just give away everything of yours to whoever you fall in love with because you think it's the most amazing thing ever. Alyssa, as you were growing up, did you ever feel that you needed to tick <coughs> any boxes because of what you'd seen from Disney movies? I think from, from Disney movies growing up, you know, we had this image that's essentially how your life would go. You would go through life, you would meet this one person who would complete your life and then that was essentially the happily ever after. That was that was going to be the ending and the happy, you know, happily ever after. Except what the Disney movies don't show is that it just ends with them falling in love or getting married or whatever. But what happens after that? What happens, you know, what about the their story? What about the arguments? What about the the parts where the, the woman gets a job and has to has to leave off for her career for a while or wants to go and travel for a little while? Or what about the all of these things that the Disney movies don't show us? It's, it's really interesting growing up because especially as women growing up, we're, we've been told that beauty is so important. We have to be beautiful. We have to look perfect. We have to look like the covers of, you know, the girls on the pretty magazines when we're, when we're growing up. We have to be that, you know, have that precious innocent princess look on the outside to make sure that we attract the right prince essentially and that will essentially complete our lives this person will complete our lives so yeah growing up disney has been you know it's taught us quite a few lies (laughs) yes living beauty is a great example also snow white i think snow white is like the best example because there's this woman obsessed about beauty you know her the stepmother who's evil and she's, she's single, and you will see this pattern everywhere. All evil mistresses, all mistresses of evil in Disney are single, all of them. So true, um, so yeah. true. They do not have a man, they do not have someone to tell them what they should do, yeah? And in general, they're all intelligent. They all, they all know what to do, and that's dangerous in a woman. So don't do it, girls. Just stick to what your parents have told you 
Can I also add that they're also illustrated to be ugly as hell. So your brain is like, that's bad. Single, Mm -hmm. intelligent woman, not beautiful, not attractive. Don't go Mm -hmm. with her. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And the exception to that would be Snow White. But of course, she turns into the evil witch at the end. And she's hideous. So, yeah. And, and also with Snow White, it's, it's funny, but she's a princess and yet she know, she's in a house full of dwarfs and yet she's the one who does the cooking, she's the one who does the cleaning, <laughs> she's the one who does everything that's expected of a woman in spite of being a princess, which presumably she's never done any of those things. But, you know, she still does all of those things because it's expected of her and it's portrayed as a good thing, you know, like mm. you're the woman, you should be doing this. Yeah, she finds the the prince and that's it. I did actually want to mention another thing that I think is quite actually quite concerning about one of one one Disney movie in particular is Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Because basically Belle essentially, you know, is the beast's prisoner, right? And she's mm-hmm. actually emotionally abused by the beast. But mm-hmm. she eventually falls in love with him, which doesn't make um, any fucking which, sense. Yeah. This is essentially Stockholm syndrome where someone, you know, is essentially a f- falls in love with their captor. And it turns out that later on that the beast is actually a handsome prince in the ending mm-hmm. after all. So it's totally fine because she's realized that he's a prince. So it is essentially giving the message to us women that just ignore the previous emotional abuse that you had because yeah. he's, a, he's a prince at the end of the day. So it's totally fine. Like, don't worry about the emotional abuse. I think that's really quite concerning when you sort of look at it yeah. like that. Mm. And it's all this, all this thing about uh, you can change them. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yes. And that's <laughs> a really, really fucked up thought. Yeah, no. and we'll talk about that thought down the road. So interestingly enough, uh, having gone through this whole process myself, having fallen in love and out of love, it's interesting because it doesn't last. It's, mm-hmm. In my experience, it's something that is very hormonal. It's something where your brain goes into overdrive from oxytocin, the love hormone, and you do crazy things for someone that you really like. And it can blind your logic into doing things that you otherwise wouldn't, changing your character, doing things that you would normally feel uncomfortable doing, but because you like that person, you'll do it anyways. And these are just like a few examples of the things that that hormone can do to you. And it's very hard to take a step back and be like, whoa, I don't know what I'm doing now, but you need to pause everything and really reflect on where you're at right now. And it can be a real disconnect between brain and heart when you're going into this phase of meeting someone who you really like. And that's how the whole honeymoon effect happens because it's like being on cocaine. And it's been shown by studies that your brain lights up when you really like someone, you become addicted to them. And then eventually that addiction will fade out. And what you're left with is just the person you started out with for better or for worse. Well, in my case, it's very similar. And it's also true. I think it has to do, well, at least uh, in my limited experience, my moving on or my waking up always came after some massive disappointment. Mm. So, yeah, and I think this disappointment has to do with all these expectations that we have of love and what love should be like. And of course, it's not like that. So the more experienced you are, the less time you, 
spend trying to find some disappointment, I think. I think, yeah, disappointment is a massive step towards moving on. And, yeah, and that the end of this honeymoon process. Yeah. yeah. People, people get together in the beginning because they think that they are filling a void for sometimes their happiness. They're trying to look for, for happiness somewhere and they think that someone else is going to give them that happiness because someone is obviously showing mm. interest in them and showing affection and, and showing, um, you know, they're enjoying the attention and they're like, Oh, this is making me really happy. Like I'm loving this. But you know, what some people forget is that you can't give your key to happiness and put it in the place of someone else's hands. Really with some of your experiences, Juan, and what you personally think, why do you think that people get caught up in this honeymoon phase? Well, I think in general, it's because we are taught that nobody should stay alone forever you know you Mm. cannot be happy on your own so when you find someone who likes you then you automatically think okay this might be the one and this whole the one thought is horrible because we are automatically thinking that he's the one who's going to complete my life and he's the one who's going to save me you know Mm. you're like one of these disney princesses again and so you start putting up with things that maybe you shouldn't and you start ignoring all of those red lines still i mean you see them but your brain chooses to ignore them and that's really interesting because afterwards you look back on it and you're like why did i even put up with this and i think too on top of that as well for those of us who also have quite active imaginations during that phase where you are in the honeymoon period, you start projecting where your future is going to go and you'll start abandoning ideas for your own happiness as well. Mm-hmm. When I've really liked someone, my brain has gone to crazy land and I've started projecting weddings. I've started thinking about like, you know, life in different countries with people and thinking about how it could all work. And I then, and that becomes my focus and I lose sight of what I want to do with my career, with my, with like next week. And I've heard of cases too, where some people end up putting their love goggles on too much that they just want to spend time with that person every second of every day. Mm. And they lose sight of those Mm. that actually are meaningful to them, like their friends and family. Yeah. We've, I think we've all lost friends. Like, yeah, I used to have a friend and I don't see him or her anymore. Yeah. Cause that's when they go through the honeymoon phase, but let's talk now about when the honeymoon phase ends. Chapter two, can we make a relationship out of you? After a few months had passed, the honeymoon came to a halt and the bliss of new love faded. They both began to wonder, who is this person? It's like a stranger has possessed the love of my life. Where did that wonderful individual go? Can anybody help me find them? I guess I just have to stay and wait until they do something wrong because I could never end the relationship if they don't do something wrong, right? They love me, so I will stay. The honeymoon period is over. The oxytocin is dripping out of your system. And it's like what you said before, Juan, you reach a point of maybe disappointment. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's no disappointment afterwards. Maybe, Maybe Maybe you're genuinely happy, but the magic has definitely faded since the first few, whatever, weeks, months, years that you've been together and -hmm. things have now changed. So what happens now? I think the problem is that through movies and well, books, not so much, but movies especially, we don't see that. We don't have any role model to follow. 
So like any manual that tells you, okay, this is what happens, do this. You're pretty much lost and we don't have any guide. Um, of course, like apart from the religious one, you know, like you should stick to that forever, you know, if you marry and all that. Um, he shall so, not yeah. cheat on your spouse <laughs> by looking at another person. Exactly. So, yeah, which, which was an issue for many generations, not for us, thankfully mm. not. But yeah, I think our generation is one of the first ones. Well, it might be the second or the third one now that deals with these issues. Like what now? Is it okay? <laughs> what now indeed? Be... Yeah. What now indeed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it okay? And now we're here to list off the kinds of relationships that people get themselves into. Starting with people who stay in relationships because they like the idea of the person that they're with, not the reality. People that get into relationships that just don't know how to get out of the relationship. People who are really insecure and they feel the need to be with someone to reassure them. People who really like the idea of being in a relationship because that's what they've been taught all their lives. People that are in a relationship that is only based on physical chemistry. People with really low self-esteem who will settle for anything. People who have been abused by people in the past and have decided, that's it, I'm going to go for a nice person who won't cheat on me. People who have reached their 30s, 31, 32, 33, and they're mm -hmm. like, oh God, time's running out. I'm just gonna quickly grab anyone I can get. People who get into a relationship, not for their partner, but because it's easy access for things like money or a visa. <laughs> oh, I can't come up with anything now. <laughs> People who started really young and they go on and go on without loving each other, but you know, it's just convenient because they've been together for years and if they break up, they wouldn't know how to be alone. And then people <laughs> who just fit each other because they have their needs met, they're happy with one another, genuinely love each other, though the magic may have ended, they're a good fit. And the jigsaw just fits like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. And speaking of jigsaw, um, Alyssa, we actually did homework. We did, but it was really fun. Um, so Ken and I watched a really funny episode by Daniel Sloss, who is a comedian, but he's basically been talking about the idea of romance and how, you know, we've essentially romanticized the idea of romance and it is cancerous. So, you know, people are more in love with the idea of love than the person they are with. And he goes on to talk about how the worst thing that you can do in life is spend it with the wrong human being. You know, there's 7.5 billion people on this planet and you think you found your soulmate 20 miles from where you live. <laughs> so he goes on to talk about all this kind of stuff and it was it was really quite interesting and one of the things as well that he mentions is that a bunch of people never learned how to be alone and never learned how to love themselves so they just essentially found someone else to do it for them and on top of that too daniel makes this analogy between us being like jigsaw pieces he says each of us uh, attempting to figure out who we are, uh, trying to build our own jigsaw. But we don't know what we're supposed to be because unlike a real jigsaw, we were never given the image on the box. So we're figuring it out as we go. But 
from time to time, we see a jigsaw piece that we think looks amazing and we just try squeezing it into us and jamming it no matter how much it doesn't fit because we like the idea of it being with us. And as a result, we just end up getting frustrated and we need to realize that it doesn't fit for a reason. And more often than not, it's just to be with ourselves in the time being. And then if you do find a piece that suits you, it complements you. It's not something that you desperately need to feel your happiness. It's something that makes you better as a person. And on that note, I remember Juan, you were actually quite mm -hmm. passionate about the idea of people feeling the need to change one another. Why do you think that's problematic? For many reasons, but basically, I think nobody changes unless they realize their need to change. Mm. So those changes cannot come through someone else. You know, they may make you realize that you've got to change. And to some extent, you can do that. But in general, if people, people are selfish, they're always going to be selfish. If they want to control you, they will always have that, that tendency. So it's very difficult for you to change anyone. And in general, I think it's because, again, with that idea that you've mentioned about the jigsaw, because we are trying to make those people fit in that idea that we have. So we believe that they are the ones and we need them to change in order to fit. But of course, that doesn't help or that doesn't work. In regards to the honeymoon period, do you believe that people try to recreate the magic of that honeymoon period? So do you think that marriage, travel and kids are an attempt to try and bring life back into the relationship if they feel as though the spark has gone. It's not just that. I think it, it has more to do with the idea of what you should be doing. I think most people don't get married because they feel like, oh, I'm so in love with you. I have to marry you. It's because it's expected of them. You know, like, so you have been going out with this person for like three, four, five years. And now you need this, this whole idea of stability as well is very, very important. So yeah, so you have to have your stability, you have to have your family, your kids, and then you take the next logical steps. So it's not, again, because of your feelings towards that person or in general, I don't think it is. People get married because it's expected of them and they have all these pressures. Well, apparently one in two marriages these days end in divorce and apparently for for those that got into relationships before the age of 30 and like more than half of them end as well so do people this is this is not me you know this is these are statistics <laughs> this is the decision <laughs> talking this is this um, is not just three guys who are just are single trying to destroy everyone else's <laughs> happiness by the way just, i would never want no. to destroy anyone else's happiness but no. i'm just really really sick and tired of couples <laughs> in my life annoying my time and freedom and happiness <laughs> but i think do do you genuinely think that people get complacent just and they just genuinely try to keep the relationship going because and this is something that Daniel touches on too in the episode is that he says for people that have been in a relationship for for five years, they have essentially two statements that they don't want to admit. It's either one that they think 
oh my God, like, have I just wasted five years of my life? Like, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm in love with this person anymore. Has, has that five years been wasted? And number two, am I going to waste the rest of my life with this person? Mm. <laughs> mm. Scary thoughts. A scary yeah, thoughts. And, it, and it's some thoughts that people just don't actually want to admit to. And I think some of our, I mean, I don't know if we've got any of any listeners that, you know, if this is really making you question your current relationship or making you know, your subconscious a bit awkward, feel, you, you're feeling a bit awkward. You know, I think it's definitely something that you need to sit down with yourself and just have a little think about really. And on top of that too, we're not just doing this because we're cruel, vindictive, single people. I mean, we are though, Ken, obviously. That's the whole yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's the whole reason. of that. <laughs> It's not just because of that. Uh, but the facts speak for themselves. Daniel Sloss's episode, Jigsaw, has resulted in thousands of breakups. And we don't believe that breakups are essentially a bad thing. Breakups are an immensely positive thing for people if they realize that there are opportunities open to them now that they can enjoy a single life. And if it's the case of being able to maybe go overseas for a year of your life and do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do if you're in a relationship, then do it because your chances of being able to do that are far slimmer than meeting anybody and getting married with them. And then there's this idea of settling. So one of the podcasts I was listening to, Unfuck Your Brain by Cara Lewenthal, she goes on to talk about the idea of settling and it's not talking to the couples that have been together for a while and are genuinely still in love and, you know, add happiness to each other's lives and are more so, you know, complementing each other's lives. But it's more so the couples that have decided to settle for many of the reason we were mentioning earlier, such as, you know, being with someone for the sake of being with someone or being with someone you've been with for years and have fallen out of love, but you're stuck you might be stuck in this comfort bubble or you're struggling to choose the unknown over the known in this case you know she goes on to say that you're not only detracting from your own happiness but you're also essentially stealing joy from your partner who could actually be with someone who wants to be with them too so it's just something to sort of have a little bit of think about people should start thinking more about themselves i think this sounds horrible i know but people should it's not about being selfish. It's about knowing yourself. So you have to know, or at least, I mean, because everyone knows what they want and what they do not want. At least, well, you may have questions about what you want, but not about what you do not want. That's pretty clear. So I think in general, you should try to see or try to imagine yourself in a year, you know, in a year's time. And could you imagine yourself with that person, what your life would be like? And if you like that idea, then go on. But if you have questions, then do not avoid those questions. Because in general, what people do is block them. You block them out and you try not to think about that. And you take comfort in the thought that there are people who have it far worse than you, people who are, you know, who are single and you do not want to be single because that, that sucks. And yeah, so... I think in general, people tell lies to themselves just in order to avoid thinking. And that's the worst thing you can do. Agreed. And I think also for those that do get out of a relationship as well, if you feel the need to go back into it, be very mindful 
of why you got out of it in the first place. Yeah. Because it's very, very it's so hard for a lot of people to walk away completely. Because even those who have been cheated on, even we're though all, we're all smiling right now, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll experience this. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. (laughs) (laughs) And no, it's because genuinely that, because it's a void. It's a void that you're very familiar with and you know that person back to front most of the time. And you're like, oh, well, it's the devil I know versus the devil I don't. I think a lot of us, we get captivated by the idea of what we had. We look at the good and we think to ourselves, oh, damn, I'll never get that again. You will get something good again. 10 out of 10s exist in the world for a reason. And if that person was truly a 10 out of 10, congratulations. They're still out there, but there are plenty more others out there to impress you as well. So why settle for one when you can have more in your life? Amen. Like, like Ken has just mentioned as well, choosing the known over the unknown. They think that the unknown is nothing rather than actually it could be one of the best things in my entire life. It could actually, you know, be this amazing, amazing possible new thing. And people are choosing that comfort over growth instead. And they're choosing that mediocrity over the potential greatness that could come into their life too. This whole something is better than nothing. Is mm. what, yeah. I think that's, that's the key thing because uh, we aren't all terrified of, nothingness the other problem too is that you do still get caught up in the after effects of the love and people underestimate how much it also hurts to break up with someone when you are in love with them as well i mean not all breakups are good breakups too the ones that hurt the most usually mean that there was a lot of care and investment poured into that too and often at times it's for the betterment of people to break up because they need to grow and develop. And obviously this is not post breakup counseling, but sometimes in order to grow, you need to experience a bit of pain and you will get through it. But fearing the unknown is not the enemy. You need to embrace Mm -hmm. it and you need to embrace yourself because the only way to get on with life is to march forward. And on that note, So what do you guys then think is necessary for people to actually be compatible over time? Chapter three, is the relationship under the sea? Many moons later, this couple was still together and everybody around them could tell that they were together because they laughed, they held hands, they were Facebook official, they were the picture perfect couple to everyone around them and you could tell that they had put in the work. Their friends could see that they were together and they wore their togetherness on their sleeve. Will they be happy forever? Will they be together forever? Nobody knows, but that is okay as long as they know what makes them truly happy inside. How do people sustain a relationship over time? And what do you think is necessary for people to be compatible? I think it's difficult but not impossible i think the most important thing is for people because we are constantly developing ourselves uh even when you don't notice it but so the idea would be to have like an objective in common or something that you both look forward to or you know you have your your goals and you move you can move in parallel ways if if you cannot do that then it's going to be very complicated because you're one of the two will have to reach some kind of compromise 
mm. and that hardly ever works. I think if you truly love someone, compromise can definitely play into that. For example, if mm-hmm. you really love someone enough to travel overseas to see them, congratulations, great for you, you do that. That being mm-hmm. said, everyone is at a very different stages of their lives. So to make a long-term relationship work, I believe that you're absolutely right. You need an alignment of values. And it also starts, I think, at the beginning. You need to set the foundation straight very early on. Ask relevant questions like, what do you want in your life? What are your goals, ambitions? Do you want kids? Do you want Mm -hmm. to get married? Because if these are things that are not part of your bucket list, then don't commit to something you don't want to do because you are selling yourself short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I also believe that's another problem, relationships with, you know, people who've been in relationships for decades. They started out really soon when they were, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years old. And they went on and they eventually got married and so on. When you are a teenager, you don't know yourself. You don't know exactly what you want or what your goals will be. Maybe you do. Maybe and that's great. Uh, I know I never did. Not a lot of us know what we want to do when we're teenagers, yet not a lot of us still want know what we're doing with our lives in our 20s. So, you know, <laughs> and, and it changes too, which is, you know, which I think is such a, such a big thing. You know, our, our goals changes, our path changes along the way as we experience new sceneries, new people, and we open new doors to ourselves, open new boundaries. This is a theme that's been running through the last couple of episodes that we did, and it is down to communication. If you cannot outline what it is you want to achieve together, then how on earth are you going to meet one your expectations between the two of you? If you cannot be able to talk about issues that bother you between each other, if you're not able to manage arguments that happen between each other if you are not able to compromise every now and then for reasonable things then how the hell are you going to be able to beat the odds and make it work for yourself because it can certainly be done but not if you aren't able to talk between each other yeah and in the early days of a relationship people are usually on their best behavior you have to be like the most amazing thing in their lives because it's the early days you know you you don't want to lose them at the start like this is the exciting part this is the like we've just started we've just started this new chapter do not ignore any red flags that your partner might be showing you like for you know with signs of it whatever it is like a toxic personality controlling demanding how they talk to people you know what they're if they bring up issues from the past their inability to communicate like look at all those right from the start i tell you because that i mean if you can think about for example disrespect and dishonesty if you if you see that if you notice that from the beginning if Mm -hmm. you get if you get disrespect on the first date or like the first few dates or i don't know early on into your relationship in the first couple of months abort how are they gonna how are they gonna treat you on their 100th date how are they gonna be acting you know 12 months later if they're treating you like this three months in they're gonna treat you the way you've let them treat you that's Mm. that's That's a very important thing like yeah i've always suffered from uh low self-esteem until recently maybe it has to do with my background and being in a you know deeply religious family and so on and be gay and it didn't help um but but it's true in my relationships it's um 
I've come to realize that I always, I would always put up with shit that I didn't have to. Mm. And it was mostly because I just, you know, I didn't have, again, any, any guide or any model that I could follow. I couldn't talk to many people. It wasn't until I was well in my 20s when I started having gay friends, like really good gay friends. So, and I couldn't compare, I couldn't, you know, share my experiences with anyone because it was like, well, my relationship is not like that. I don't know about you. One thing I found I fell into very quickly is that a sense of appreciation when someone says, I like you and you end up getting with them because you like that feeling of validation and appreciation, but that's not the same as genuinely liking one another on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's true that when you meet someone who says that, yeah, I like you, it's so great because deep inside, if you do not have a good self-esteem and someone likes you and you find him attractive, then it's like, okay, that's it. Uh, I don't have to look for more. Um, yeah, give me the it's ring. It's done. And Oops, closed. Yeah, yeah that's it. So, Happily ever after. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, going back to Disney all over again. Yeah, and that's a problem, is that, you know, we can no longer value the words, I like you, I love you anymore, because it's not the same as a Disney movie. And it can be a real problem for us because we then end up going into this whirlwind, you know, fantasy star relationship where we end up getting hurt because in some cases where it's not meant from the bottom of someone's heart, it's simply meant because... They just want to be physically with you and that's it. Or because they don't realize what they're also getting themselves into as well. If you, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I say I like someone, I reserve that to say it to someone who I'm like, okay, I'm starting to develop feelings for you. And then I love you comes into the picture when I'm like, okay, I've seen you at your best and your worst. I've got an overall understanding of who you are. We align, we match. It's a very complicated checklist, but once it's 100 out of 100, yes, you then earn I love you. That's how I operate. Yeah. I'm exactly the same. Yeah, me too, me too. (laughs) Do you genuinely think that there is one true love out there? Nope. I'm sceptical. I think... I think it's never that one true love as portrayed in novels and and films. I think it is, in a way, if you're lucky and you find a guy or a girl who, you know, who suits you and, and gets to know you and you get to know him or her and, yeah, and you can love each other for quite some time and you grow together, then, yeah, why not? But I think it's, of course, it's very unlikely. Of course, it's very difficult. And it's never as easy as it is portrayed in novels and stuff. But yeah, I do not think it is impossible. Uh, I do not think, however, that he or she was the one who was destined for you. I am completely against the whole idea of destiny or fate. I think we all create our own destiny by the choices we make. And in that regard, you choose the person you are with and you choose but most importantly you choose what you want in your life so i think that's the most important thing yeah and it is you don't want to spend the rest of your life with the wrong person i think that that's it. you know that's such an important thing make sure it's someone you want to spend with the rest of your life not just just anyone because you're running out of time mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And 
I think there's a real misconception when people say, oh, life is short. You've got to get with, if you find the right person, you find the right person. Fuck off. Life <laughs> is long. You've got years and years to find people. And it's a numbers game, unfortunately. It's just plain and simple. You will meet people. You will find people through acquaintances. You will go online and swipe left and right until you get a fit and bring them to the table and then establish whether or not there's meat on the plate. The fact remains, you're meeting people all the time and you're not bound to just one individual. I think that everyone has an opportunity to meet many loves of their lives. There's not just one. That is a myth. The one you end with ultimately might be quote unquote the one for you at that time in your life but treasure the fact that you got to experience a mutual connection with someone when you get it because some people did not manage to have a joint connection some people didn't even feel in love at all they just they just said it because they wanted to be with someone and that's the worst thing of all not so true i think the most important thing is uh, if you're single take your time and take time to know yourself take time to grow take time to know what you want in your life it's perfectly okay if you do not find someone as long as you're fine with yourself and uh, because at the end of the day you're going to be with yourself till the very end so you'd better be okay with it and also because if you're not okay with yourself who's going to like you you know mm. so yeah. i think that's the most important thing again going back to your self-esteem and you know, being okay with yourself. Figure out what you want. Get get your shit together, and then then go out and see the world and explore. And it's fine if you have some disappointments in line, uh, but with every disappointment, with each with each disappointment, there is a lesson, and you will learn throughout time. So over time, yeah. Very well said. And I'd also like to add as a plot twist that I do believe the Disney fantasy can be a thing that we can aspire to. But mm. if we don't look at it necessarily as being as simple as just finding Prince Charming or the beautiful princess, the dream of being with someone who you really love and you fall deeply in love with can work as long as you are compatible for one another you have the capacity to talk between one another. You go through hardships between each other and you are growing together. There is nothing stopping you from finding true love, but you need to realize it's not as simple as what we were given when we were children. Love you and love will come. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> but on that note, thank you so much, Juan, for your wisdom. We really thank appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, you coming on, and we really appreciate. I think you know. Once again, it's it's just really nice to get other people's perspectives from you know a similar generation to us that are going through the same things as us, and really just letting people know that. It's totally you're not alone. like, yeah, you're not alone. Like we're all going through the same stuff. It's all good guys. Well, thank you guys. I really enjoyed this. Well, that was really good having Juan on board. He definitely added yet another voice to the conversation about what we were talking about in this case, relationships. So Alyssa, what would you say is your key message to our listeners? Don't rush into things. Wait until you find that person that loves 100% of you 
but make sure you love 100% of yourself first. I think that is just the most important thing before anything else. And what now, Ken? What now indeed? Well, we are going to be moving on to the final part of this month's topic, which is having children. And our topic is called, do you need a license in order to have kids? And we'll share our thoughts and feelings on that matter in our next episode. But as always, you can catch us now on a variety of different channels, all the faves. We've even got iTunes. We have SoundCloud. We have Overcast. We have Google Podcast. And all these links will be shared on YouTube as well as on Facebook and Instagram for your listening pleasure. Other than that, though, if you have an opinion that you'd like to add to this conversation, we'd love to hear from you at whatnowpod at gmail.com. If you liked what we said, we love the support. If you didn't like what we said, amazeballs, come onto our podcast and give us a thought of your own. And if you just don't like us, well... See you later. (laughs) (laughs) And this episode now ends happily ever after. What? What do you you mean, Ken? I mean, the story's ended, Alyssa, happily ever after. But none of none of us are with any princes. How can this be happily ever after? <laughs> oh shit, you're right. Do you mean Disney fed us a lie? Oh my god! What do we do now? Wait, so you're saying that three individuals without princes that are already happy can have their own happily ever afters? Anywho, um, thanks very much for listening to us again this week, guys. And we will catch you around for our next topic next week. And we're looking forward to having you guys join us then. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs)